0: Welcome to Pigs with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor
1: and his cousin and their friend. Gives
0: you sports betting tips. I don't know about friend. I feel like and Ron Swanson. Apparently, we have now on the show. change the uh, look up a
2: little bit.
0: Yeah, change the look up. I am your host, <laughs> Professor Sides. over the latest updates, information, and pitch you can follow me on Twitter at Professor Sides. You can follow my cousin Jared on Twitter at cousin Jared, and our friend Jake on Twitter at my friend underscore Jake or at Ron Swanson. Apparently, um this culture ball episode covers select games from week six of the 2022 season. We're gonna wrap up and finish up every game that we haven't covered yet on this episode. Look back to. a few more Uh, but in case you're new here i've built a mathematical model that predicts what the spread should be for every fbs college game. that information along with each team's power rating and a graded a b or c pick either now or coming later for every single game is available in the google sheet that is linked in the show's description the goals of this episode are to share key information about these games give you a few things to think on and explain why certain plays are being made in order for you to come up with picks that you are comfortable with we never recommend blindly tailing or fading any pick than other to hear the justifications and thought processes to make sure you're fully on board with us or against us for investing your hard-earned money. it's i like to say, take what you like and leave the rest. As we go through the plays, there are no locks in gambling. So it will give you our loves, likes, and leans to indicate my confidence level with respect to scaling wagers, because Jared and Jake will also be utilizing a weighted unit scale for this college football season. And as always, please remember that good and bad variants will occur. So as much as we'd like to say we will be profitable each and every week, that is an impossible reality. For any gambler, Uh, gentlemen, how are we doing tonight? I'm good. Braves finished up winning the East. I don't know how how much happier I can be at the moment.
1: Fair. Yeah, yeah, good, good for you. I, we've we've talked multiple times about how much we love this slate this weekend. I'm glad to have Jake here too to see if he either confirms that, that this is a good weekend or if he completely disagrees. And, right, and, you know, maybe we're crazy. Buckle, yeah, maybe we should buckle up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. This is a,
0: this is a great weekend of football. It's it's just okay. gonna be a lot of fun. Okay. Yeah. Makes, makes makes us feel a little better, I guess. Right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, before we get to the show, some reminders. Please hit that like button if you're on YouTube. Also, if you are yet, please consider subscribing or following. It's free, and if you turn on notifications, you won't miss any of the college past. MLB or college football content that this channel provides. And as a reminder, we've started up a Patreon page for those of you looking to support the show. Membership starts at just three dollars per month. Benefits include things like access to the play of the day, my favorite one across all the plays that I give out on this channel, our Discord chat group where we have a lot of fun, ad-free shows and early access to the projected spreads. Again, as I always talk about, I'm a terrible marketer, but the early access to those projected spreads. I feel like shameless plug again. If you had access to these numbers on Sunday afternoon. When openers came out, there was a bit a ton of movement across some key numbers. So a lot of good value there. Uh, both both of these gentlemen get get the early access, to the pre- projected spreads part of their uh, part of their employment contract, I guess. Sorry, <laughs> contract. Yeah. They get access, so they, so they know what's up. Um, but we'll get to the rest of the games for this week. All lines courtesy of Bet Online. Sign up link in the show description. And current as at the time of this recording on Wednesday night. All these games are on Saturday. We're gonna start off at noon Eastern. Purdue and Maryland. You know, both of these teams might be decent and both of these teams might be a mirage, and just fairly mediocre headed for a six and six season. And I really don't know, honestly. Uh, and that's why I'm taking the three points with Purdue. And I'm going to do just like I talked about last episode. I'm going to actually do it for three plays this weekend. Did it once for the Friday game. Uh, with Rutgers, I'm gonna do it here. I'm gonna do it one more later. We talk about I'm gonna split my two units on it between uh, the spread and the money line. I'm gonna put one unit on the plus three and one on the money line at plus 135. I think Purdue's got a shot to win this. Like I said, I don't really know what to make of either one of these teams. They both have shown some potential, um, but they also have had some weak moments as well. Maryland, obviously, much improved from what we thought, but are they good enough to, to win? A conference game at home against a team with a pulse in Purdue. That's, of course, the question. Sideline says this should be Maryland minus 3.4. So this is priced pretty well. I just, I'm not completely sold on Maryland. And I think the model might be underestimating Purdue just a little bit because of their quarterback issues. And so I think Purdue might be a little bit better than Sideline realizes right now. A total of 58. Because Jared, what's your take for us?
1: man, if if anybody knows what's going on in the Big Ten West, I, I would love to know because I feel like we have reached peak Big Ten West a, yeah. a, at this time with with, you know, Minnesota losing last week, Wisconsin seemingly bottoming out, bottoming out. Iowa being Iowa, Nebraska being Nebraska, Illinois seeming to be on the the up and up and with yeah, yeah. North, what North oh, really exciting yeah and, and Northwestern just I don't know being being pitiful on on offense yeah. so I, I feel like we have reached peak big Ten west and and so the answer is I have no idea what's going to happen in this game yeah and, and I you know I feel like I've said that in almost every Maryland game for the past couple <laughs> years a, a, as well fair. And, and so I just have absolutely no read on this game I agree with you with the, in the situation where I don't know don't feel like I know anything about either of these teams really um can't feel bad about taking three points yeah Jake. Yeah, see, I'm on the opposite side. I, I kind of like Maryland a lot here.
2: I think it's a rough spot. Like O'Connell didn't look quite like himself coming back from the injury or whatever, So, and I just don't think there's enough left on that Purdue team to keep it close because the way uh, Talia is playing right now, he's really, really on it. I mean, he's in the top 20 in uh, in yards, top two in completion percentage. He's got like 100 more completions than, and attempts than the next guy, the guy above him. Uh, He's like, and his QBR or like rating and stuff puts him right around like Caleb Williams and Will Rogers and like some top tier guys and above Bo Nix. So I, I think he's really on to something. I think Purdue got really lucky with the Abraham, Abraham uh, Scratch last week. And yeah. I had a lot more to do with it. So I think they're getting a little more, too much respect for beating a Minnesota team that was without their
0: biggest weapon. Don't think they have enough on defense to slow Maryland down. Yeah. And my, my rebuttal to that is, you know, when you lose a key running back, and obviously, I say obviously, obviously, arguably, he's the best running back in college football. Uh, I don't know if it's hands down, but I'm mean, definitely up there, right? Yeah. We all would agree. He's top five. Very, uh, you know, amazing running back. When you lose a good running back like that, though, you can't dock the team, but like three points or so at the most, maybe four. In the NFL, it would only be like one, you know, but in college, the the difference is a little bit more. But I mean, the, there's a reason that spread once that news came out in the morning dropped from, you know, 12 and a half to nine and a half or so. It's about three points. I think that was right. Minnesota still should have won that game without yeah. him. And so that's where I'm like, I, I just want to make sure, viewer, that you're hearing this and you make sure you're, you're on the same page with us, which is, uh, you know, that Purdue. Won that game does not explain that they won by what ten I think the ten points yeah. they won by and the ten points that they should have won by or whatever that, that Ibrahim was not worth twenty points to them no. um, that that was there was more going on that, that hurt Minnesota absolutely I wouldn't say it didn't but it shouldn't have caused them alone to lose the game Purdue played well yeah Purdue played well and they always
2: show up in these games against right teams where they shouldn't win and then win also true and, they, and then the teams where they should win and our art ranked and our big time TV games,
0: they just disappear. So. That's true. And, and and I I do think it'll be a fascinating game. Like I said, Maryland's definitely on the rise. The question is just how good are they? They've done better than we thought their defense is playing respectable, which is kind of all they need with that offense. Right. Uh, There's a lot of things and a lot of questions with this game. Uh, like I said, I'll, I'll be on the dog here. I, 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 I split my, my, my wager here, but I mean, you can kind of just go all money line. I, and I don't think that's crazy because I kind of feel like either team could win this game by 20, and we'd all be like, mm, okay. Yep. <laughs> I,
2: mean, I don't know. Maryland made me a believer after sticking with uh, Michigan as close as they did. Yeah, yeah. it was very impressive. As played. um So they kind of made me a believer in Maryland. So we're going to write yeah. it out.
1: Yeah, especially just take away the first two plays of the game there. And, right. And, you right. Know, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it should be a it should be a fun one for sure on
0: noon Eastern. I'm there, Jake and I on opposite sides. We'll see how that goes. Uh, also, at noon Eastern, a, a great set of games. This one should be competitive, but probably not one that's going to make your TV screen. Uh, okay. Buffalo at Bowling Green. Buffalo, according to Sideline, ranked 110, Bowling Green 120. So this is obviously not the best caliber of football. I'm going to lay the two with Buffalo. It's just a C-grade pick. I mean, this is kind of a toss-up game. I'm just going to say I, I think Buffalo wins, so we'll lay the two. But I don't think there's a lot of value in this uh (laughs) it's not what i really want to be invested in uh buffalo has showed a pulse that the model has wanted them to show since last year um Mm -hmm. but are they good enough to go and win it a road conference game like this against a team that's not bottom 10 technically i don't know Uh, i'll lay the two with buffalo i think it's a side i'd rather be on but it's it's more of a diversify the portfolio play than a i really like this play total 54 and a half because jared what's your take
1: I don't like anything about this game. If I had to, I would lay the two points with, with Buffalo just because I, I, I have no faith in Bowling Green. If this got to 55, you could also consider a play on the under there just because I think uh, Bowling Green is not going to want to get into to a shootout with Buffalo. Uh, you know, we saw what they could do against Eastern Michigan a couple of weeks ago when they put up 50 points on, on Eastern Michigan. So I think they're incentivized to slow this game down a little bit. But again, don't feel strongly enough about that, especially at this number. Jake.
2: Yeah, I'm with you with Buffalo here. I think. I kind of like them in this spot. Their defense is rough, but it's the rush defense that's truly god-awful and not their pass defense, and Bowling Green is super dependent on the pass with 15 of their 18 touchdowns coming through the air. So I I think that Buffalo can take advantage of that here.
0: Jake coming on strong with the Maction analysis here. I like Yeah, Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, but we got a job for you later on in the season. (laughs) Yes. I mean, I just (laughs) – I
2: love Maction. It's it's, I I love
1: matching when we get to November
0: because then I feel like we watch more of it. Right now, I just don't see a lot of it because it's just competing with other games. So we get to November, though. I'll I'll definitely be all about that. So if you keep coming with these matching takes, uh, I'm I'm thrilled. Um, uh, Noon Eastern, Texas and Oklahoma. Texas is a seven-point favorite. We think Caleb Ewers is going to be back. Um, We don't think that uh gabriel's gonna play for oklahoma that's not confirmed though he still might um we might be to the backup who looked fairly terrible last week uh, now granted when he came in they were already down that put him in a tough yeah position. Not, yeah so that but but also OU was already down a lot which says something yeah, else yeah. right there's a whole other thing to talk about oh struggling now two weeks in a row maybe it's just teams with purple jerseys i'm not really sure um maybe oklahoma's to their third string quarterback our dear friend of the show who's never been on the show or anything but i mean a guy with the name of general booty is
1: a the friend only, of everybody
0: the yeah. only guy can say that. yeah exactly so um quarterback situation not looking good for Oklahoma. I've got an A-grade play on Texas minus seven. Uh, sideline says this should be a lot closer, but the quarterback situation is just all we have to really focus on this one. And this is one of those things where, you know, the model's going to adjust to the QB situation, but it just happening in the middle of last game. It's not able to do that right now. And so we have to kind of like look and and see how that goes. Uh, Oklahoma has looked terrible these last two weeks, really. And Texas weakness the, the way to beat Texas is exactly what Texas Tech did in the second half. Uh, they, they kind of started doing it in the first half a little bit, but they really get to do it in the second half, which is run a lot of plays and run a lot of plays fast. What do you want to do if you're to your third-string quarterback? It's probably not run a lot of plays and run a lot of plays fast. I don't think Oklahoma is set up to win this one. I think matchup-wise, I think this is a perfect spot for Texas. If Dylan Gabriel's in there and that offense is rolling, completely different story. Now they have the ability to do exactly what you need to do to throw off Texas and, and have – exploit their weaknesses. I don't think that's the spot. So I'm going to take advantage of the injury situation. I'm lay the seven with Texas today. Great play. I don't like laying more than seven uh, really in this spot, but I think at seven, having that push protection on the number is really valuable, but this could get ugly. It just drops in confidence. Of course, if it does get above seven, Uh, but I think this could get ugly. This feels like a game where Texas really takes out all their frustrations over the years of Oklahoma, the, the the weird comeback situation from last year. Uh, Texas being a whooping boy for all the jokes, you know, in this part of the world, um, you know, the Alabama loss, the Tech loss. This feels like a take out your frustrations on your rival type game. This might get ugly here. I really think the quarterback situation for Oklahoma is just really detrimental to them. I'm going to seventh with Texas, a great pick. Because so Jared, what's your
1: take? As far as the spread goes, this feels like, The same game that's happened, I don't know, like six or seven times in the past decade just flipped, where, Mm -hmm. you know, Oklahoma seemingly has all the advantages. And you say, How is Texas going to stay in this game? And somehow Texas ends up covering or, or if not, winning outright most of the time. So, um, you know, I'm I'm hesitant to to make any predictions on the spread here. Although, let me interject. A lot of those I feel like haven't
0: been Texas lost their quarterback the week before and now is scrambling for a new team player. Yeah, yeah, it's been it's been a weaker Texas team who's been looking ahead to this game and kind of like
1: scheming up the perfect way, but it's been with their main offense and not with the third, you know, second or third quarterback. Yeah. Very, very valid points. And looking at the total here, we're talking about quarterback questions and you still see a a total of 65 and a half. And so, you know, me, of course, I want to say, man, this is a great opportunity to play the under, but I don't know how you could have, especially Oklahoma watched any of these games and think that you want to play the under in this situation. They've been torched. Yeah, regardless of who's playing quarterback. Yeah. So, uh, what, what I would say is, even those quarterback questions here, people, don't be fooled. Don't play the under in this game. I'm obviously not telling you to play the over either, but I, I just would say stay away from the total in this one.
2: Jake, yeah, I can't argue with any of the points you've made. I'm not, I'm not making a play out here just because the injury questions. Like, if yours back is, is he going to be the same guy that was playing against what the first quarter ish against Bama, or is he how back is he? Is what, what's Gabriel going to do if he plays that? I don't know. There's nothing here that I want because I just there's too many unknowns. So I'm just going to skip it and probably
0: watch it because it probably will be entertaining one way or the other. But yeah. yeah, I don't want to bet on it. All right, 2 p.m. Eastern, Georgia Southern at Georgia State. I, I, you know, this is an interesting one to me. Sideline says this should be Georgia State minus one, and this is the most confusing spread I think I've seen from Sideline. All season, Um, most of the time, I understand why it's doing what it's doing. And I can sometimes say, oh, there's this injury thing that it's not picked up on yet. Or I understand it just kind of respects this team or that team or whatever. But I know Georgia State's at home, but they have basically no home field advantage. They have basically very few people showing up. And I I just, I think Georgia Southern's kind of good. I'm just really surprised that suddenly doesn't say they should be favored. I think they should be favored. At minimum, it's a coin toss type game. So I'm going to actually take the money line rather than take the two, two and a half points they could lose by two, obviously, but I just don't think that's extremely likely. Uh, with a higher total, I guess maybe it is because a lot of points means a lot of different ways. Things can get wonky, but I'm just going to play the money line, plus 118. It's a great pick for me. Like I said, I, I see a better team. I think they go out and win and give me plus odds in a, in a coin toss-ish type game. I think mean, there's some value on this play here so be it's a great pick for me. Uh, not big enough plus odds for an A grade, but but I like backing
1: Georgia Southern here. Uh, total 66 and a half. Because, Jared, what do you got for us? The funny thing is, is that I I agree with you. Like I I don't know what I would have made this spread. I can't say that I've watched a ton of Georgia State football this year, but I, I would have said pick them at worst. I I don't see why Georgia Southern wouldn't have been favored by a yeah. point or two, probably yep. uh, just based on what we we've seen from them. beating the that's what I, was, in, that's what I would have said. Georgia Southern minus two. Yeah, hanging in there with Coastal Carolina. You know they they they've looked pretty sharp. Uh, Georgia State, on the other hand, ha, ha, hasn't looked great in a lot of their games. But you're not alone. The thing is, is all of the projection systems out there seem to have Georgia state um, pick to win this game. And so I don't think any of it makes sense. Um, you know, <laughs> I, I like to have, uh, like I said, I always like to have some st- statistical analysis backing up my picks here, but I think I would go with you on this one and just say, I, I think Georgia Southern's the right side, all of the, whatever the advanced models be damned. You know, I, I just, from what I've seen, I, I but I wouldn't go with uh, uh, Georgia State in the in this game. Yeah,
0: Jake.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm all over Georgia Southern too. Uh, so, I mean, the Coastal Carolina game is really all you
2: got to look at. They beat yeah. Georgia State and beat them by 17, and Georgia Southern uh, they only beat Georgia Southern by four. And Coastal Carolina, so I mean, that would tell you playing the same team in different locations would give you a pretty good spot on that Georgia Southern's the better team. But so I'm really confused about this line. That somebody knows something that I don't, but. I'm, so, I'm going to play with, like, I know Georgia Southern, I think, is the much better team here. Yeah,
0: and it's going to come back, and Georgia State's going to win by 17, and we're all just going to be like, I don't know what happened.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> but so, so, Sometimes it goes away, right? Sometimes I, I feel like, and this is obviously personal preference, but I know there's a lot of people out there who will say, you know, it seems fishy, I'm going to stay away, but, like, I think sometimes the fishy plays, sometimes they are that easy. I, I think back, because we always joke about the Kansas State and Texas matchups over the last year, yeah. 12 years or whatever. And it's like, sometimes it seems that easy and sometimes it is. So it's like, when it seems fishy, you remember the fishy ones that you get burned on, but you don't remember the fishy ones that you were right on. I feel like the, right. this feels fishy lines. We probably win those like 55, 56, whatever percent of the time. I feel like those are usually strong plays. We're not going to win them all. We just remember the ones that we got burned. Uh, we're right. like, oh, clearly someone knew something we didn't, you know, and it's like, yep. I don't know, maybe it's just there's variability and maybe we still win those more than we lose them and they're worth playing. That's my two cents. You don't have to agree with that. It's just how I feel about the, that's how I feel about the, this doesn't make any sense lines is, you know, right. I think in general, we win them more than we lose them. Yep. Uh, Saturday at two Eastern, more matching here, Akron and Ohio. I'm going to grab the 11 with Akron. southern says it should be 10.3. Akron's terrible, but Ohio's not that much better. I, I don't know on this game. I mean, maybe Jake could come back with some more hard-hitting action analysis. I, I just feel like bad teams giving double digits in action makes sense, right? Like it, sometimes these action games, every once in a while, you'll have like one a week that turns into like, you know 39 to 10 or something crazy like that but otherwise like these games tend to be close like just give me the 11 points but i, I don't have enough faith in akron to wait for more than just one unit on it so I'll, I'll be invested in akron here slightly see great pick for me grabbing
1: the 11 points total's 59 kiss jared what do you have for us you took the words out of my mouth to bad teams and I'm getting double digits with one of them. Like, I mean, I am not going to be personally invested in this game, but if I had to pick a side, definitely, why would I not take 11 points against a bad Ohio team? Akron's maybe worse, but yeah. Ohio very bad. So yeah. g- give me double digit points. Sure. Jake. Yeah. If I was going to make a play on the side,
2: um, I would take Akron and take the points, but I'm actually going to play the over. I don't think defense gets involved in this game whatsoever. Ohio is yet to let in less than 30 points this year. And, I mean, Akron plays faster in the top 25 and plays per game. And, like, they're running about 80 plays per game in their last three. I mean, I know one of those includes Tennessee, but that was a blowout. So, I I don't know. I just – I think this is going to rain points because I don't think either team can figure out how to stop anybody.
0: Jake, with all the Maxion takes, I feel like someone out there, and I the data's all in the sheet. If someone wants to do this, someone out there should go see, like, how's Jake doing on Maxion so that by the time we get to all those Wednesday games, oh, okay. we know, like, do we just blindly back him or do we just blindly yeah. fade him? Right. I say, don't yeah. do that. But, like, I feel like he's got all these, days. he's either going to be, like, sneakily, like, 70% on Maxion games, and we're going to be like, dude, he just, he knows the Mac, right? <laughs> or he's going right. to be terrible on it. Like, I feel like it's going to be one or the other. And he, he's, yeah, there's, no he's there's no between. But, yeah, filling out the podcast here with their, the show here with the, all the mac takes i love it um 330 eastern virginia tech at pittsburgh my goodness uh disappointment uh for both of these teams obviously uh, virginia tech not very good sideline has them down to 87th i mean that's wow pretty wow. bad um, yeah has pittsburgh down to 51st i mean pittsburgh's definitely the better team they're home here uh you know last week we said we can kind of excuse the georgia tech thing you know you had the, the Coach, new coach, the first game, that that sort of thing, the weather, uh, maybe Pittsburgh, you know, I don't want to say overlooking their opponent, but just not looking at them in general, looking, I don't know where, looking at the weather, I don't know, or girls, who knows, right? Um, I'm going to take the 14 and a half with Virginia Tech, and I'm going to give this a B grade play, getting the hook uh, here. It's all all my, My whole analysis of this game, more or less, is totals 41 and a half you're giving me 14 and a half points. That's golden. Like Virginia Tech's defense should be able to frustrate Pittsburgh's offense kind of the same way Georgia Tech did. And I think Pittsburgh is more likely to win this one. I don't think they lose, but like when you buy more than 14, like that's not easy when there's just not a lot of points. So I just think it's way too many points for this low total. If this was a game where we thought it'd be a track meet and 66 points or something, it's like, ah, you know, totally different story. But I mean, this total is so low. Just I just think it's good to get the hook here. So I want to take the 14 and a half with Virginia Tech's B great pick. Because, uh, Jared, what is your analysis? I,
1: I like your breakdown there. This feels like Pat Narduzzi's dream game where he can just get up 10 points and then just like sit on it and yeah. not have to score score anymore, just line up in the I formation, run right up the middle, three plays in a row. Win 13 and to three. Yeah, yeah. And so I, I, I agree. Even as bad as Virginia Tech is, like we have barely seen anything um, from Pitt this season that would make you think that they would – even want or have the ability to get outside of this number. Because I think Virginia Tech's defense is still um, solid, still yeah, it, it can, especially considering you know how how many plays they've had to defend and all that stuff because their offense just hasn't been doing anything at all. So, yeah, I, I think taking the points in, in this game is definitely the smart thing to do.
2: Jake? Yeah, I don't know what Pittsburgh did last week. I'm, I'm just a Georgia Tech. So, and I don't trust Virginia Tech at all. So I'm staying away from this game. But do you think Narduzzi is trying to like make up for all the points they scored last year? He's like, I got to keep my average respectable. We got to get bring this back down. Earth.
1: Yeah,
2: I mean, no, maybe
0: so. No, no, but no, but I did have to think about it for a second. <laughs> like deep inside, he was angry about all last year. Like, no, no, I don't like this. And, and obviously, like, right? Obviously, we're making jokes here, but there is something to be said for we have seen a lot of times coaches especially in football. I think we've seen it a little bit in basketball too. Baseball, you don't really see as much, but uh, you see hockey too. Coaches sometimes stubborn and they get a coordinator who does something a certain way and it works. And then they say, but now we're going to win playing my style of football. And we've seen yeah. that before. So it's not that he doesn't want to score maybe, but it's not impossible for it to be a situation where it's like uh, kind of that. I also want to prove we can win doing what I want to do, that sort of thing. I mean, that's not out of the realm of possibility.
2: It really seems like he found something last year and went, eh, not anymore.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, More action here, 330 Eastern, Kent State, Miami of Ohio. I've got an A grade play on Miami of Ohio, plus five and a half. They let us down last week. Uh, But this, I think, should be really a coin toss type game. Uh, Sideline says it should be Miami of Ohio by half a point. Miami of Ohio is ranked 104th, Kent State 100th. I mean, bottom line is both these teams are – decent for Mac schools. They're just not, you know, they're better than the Akron's and the Ohio's, uh, but they're not obviously good football teams. But it's hard to really say that like, I, I do think that Kent State's better, but I don't think they're that much better. Going on the road here, uh, winning by more than three and four, two really key numbers, seems like a tall task. Um, obviously, I'd love this even more at six, but I still think five and a half is tremendous value just because I really think this is a tight game late. I think somebody wins this by three or four, don't really know who and don't have to care getting five and a half points. I think there might be worth a shot on the money line as well in Miami of Ohio just because it's plus plus about 200 or so. And again, I think it's kind of a coin toss game here. Um, I think maybe a little bit of an overreaction to what Miami of Ohio did last week. The model knows that. and is penalizing them accordingly and still says they shouldn't be this big of an underdog to Kent State. Uh, give me Miami of Ohio, plus five and a half, a grade pick. Total 57. Cousin Jared, what do you got? It.
1: Initial play for me here. I am on the over 57. I saw all that I needed to see uh, from Kent State against Georgia. We know they like to play fast. We know their offense is good. Uh, And we've talked about Miami, Ohio's, um, you know, defense a couple of times this season, how I think they're pretty good. But again, you put up 20 something points against Georgia. I'm not really concerned about what you're going to do about Miami of Ohio. And on the flip side, Kent State's defense, nothing necessarily to write home about. So I feel good about the over 57 Kent State could get to like 52 themselves. So, so I feel pretty good about this. Jacob,
2: yeah, I don't have a play here. Uh, this is the matching game I'm sitting out. I just like after getting drilled by Oklahoma, Kent State, it showed up, figured out how to play football. They gave Georgia everything they wanted. Uh, and They beat Ohio, and I mean Long Island does that count? But I mean, in my, Miami, Ohio, it just scares me the way they fade so quick. Like they come out hard, come out hot and hard. Like so they were ahead of Cincinnati, Cincinnati yeah. they were win. Uh, they were hanging with Kentucky for a minute, and then. Second half came around and they just disappeared and gave up the game to Buffalo in the last in the fourth quarter. So I'm I'm not sure what I want to do right now. I'm skipping it. I might jump on the over because the over sounds good because I think there's just going to
0: be points all over the mat. Uh, but I'm, I'm sitting out on this one. Yeah. Well, and my, and my thought is, I mean, yeah, they beat Ohio, but like we just talked about, I think Ohio is clearly worse than both of these teams, yeah. uh, and they needed overtime to do that at home. So I just think it's one of those like that wasn't that impressive yeah. really to me. I think, I think we're all kind of hanging your hat on Kent state playing really well against Georgia, but that's their only game that they've played well in all season. Yeah. Uh, and, and I do. And I do wonder if Buffalo, if Buffalo is actually not terrible and we're mm-hmm. discounting that miami ohio lost to them because the model thought buffalo was gonna be better last year and they just couldn't figure it out um but then this year like you know buffalo did have that one game that the holy cross I, I believe it was incident um but other than that like they've actually been again not not good obviously but like kind of not terrible so it's kind of i'm right. just kind of keeping an eye on that buffalo i feel like that might really i want to really recalibrate our expectations of some of these yeah. teams because we kind of are like oh well they did this against buffalo and it's like i think we're just maybe thinking too much about last year's buffalo and the holy cross situation without looking at the totality of buffalo like right. kind of putting together a resume to like maybe get to six wins in the mac and make a bowl game which is shocking given how terrible they were last year yeah, yeah i mean it's not a bad time to do that what well, we're like after this week we're about halfway through the
2: regular season so i mean wouldn't be a bad time to recalibrate what you really think about these teams. but right? sometimes they just
0: don't come out come out of the gate good yeah and, it's in, and it's the, you get that one game and it like re reinforces your belief on them but you got to look at it you know because of what you thought coming in but it's like look at all the other games as well like you know i'm not saying buffalo is good but i, just, I wonder and, and this week again it'll be interesting if they can go on the road and we talked about that one earlier if they can go on the road and win that one handle it kind of like reinforce like maybe they're not a terrible football team you know getting back to they've had some solid seasons in the years past and maybe they can get back to being I'm respectful for the Nike game. Uh, 3.30 Eastern, Utah and UCLA. This is the other game that I'm going to split my wager. Not with the plus odds, but actually with the, with the minus odds. Utah's a four-point favorite. I like Utah in this spot. Uh, just line four is a little bit more uncomfortable in what could be a, a really fun and exciting game. So I'm going to split it between the minus four and the money line at minus 172. It's about the same value proposition here. It's a B-grade pick because I'm putting one unit on each. I, 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 I think... I just need to see more from UCLA. Uh, they did look really good this last week. I just I just need to see it again. Utah has been consistently doing it now for the last almost whole season and now for the most part this season. So I just have more faith in Utah. It is a road game, of course. But UCLA doesn't have a huge home field advantage. Uh, again, UCLA looked great last week. I just need to see it again before I really think that they're going to be able to hang with the top tier of this conference. If they do, I'll change my tune on UCLA. But I just need to see it here. I just need to see them pull, off, pull out the victory here for me to think that they're really capable of it. Otherwise, I just trust Utah more. They've been a good team to us. Uh, At this point, Sideline is Utah ranked fifth in the country. It's the fifth best team, predictively. not saying the fifth best resume, but predictive-wise, the fifth best team in college football going forward. Uh, It's got UCLA up to 23rd, so UCLA's moving up. Uh, But UCLA's still... as, as good as they looked last week, they still have a lot of holes in what they've done up until this part of the season. And I can't just take that one game and forget everything that I saw before that or everything I saw in the play-by-play, because most of their games were on Pac-12, and so we didn't actually see them. Um, but all of the yards that other teams put up, I just can't forget all of that for this one great game that UCLA plays. And maybe you say it was just playing possum, and maybe they're just saving it all, right? I don't know. I just I need to see that before I buy into it. For now, I still trust Utah. I'm going to take the moment to split it between the minus four and the money line. That way, if they win a close one, at least we basically broke it even. And if Utah comes out and wins you know, by a touchdown or show that we can pick up both
1: of these plays. Total 64 and a half. Pretty high for a Utah game. Cousin gotcha. uh, Jerry, what do you got for us? So in regards to the, the spread, I kind of like like what you said, and, and that being that we've just seen Utah for a, a, an entire calendar year now just yeah. be really solid and consistent and, for the most part, knowing exactly where you're, what you're going to get week to week. The other thing that I would say about that is I feel like Utah's defense is definitely a step up from what they saw against Washington. You know, Washington has had a great turnaround this season, but I think their defense is definitely a step above. So I kind of agree with you. I, I really like the money line play, actually, in, in this situation. Um, um the thing that i would say uh, about this total i would be very tempted if this got to 65 or 65 and a half I to was, play the, the, the under here i was going to
0: ask you what your buy point on the under was cuz i i feel yeah. like i feel like utah's defense can do some things to really frustrate ucla and that's going to make this number seemingly hard to get so i was going to ask what your buy point was for that under
1: yeah it's it's really close to it i mean it was one of the ones that i've been kind of watching all week and the reason that i say that is i just I feel like ucla's offense is a much better version of what oregon was or not a much better version but a better version of what oregon was last year on offense and we saw what utah did to to oregon in both of those games they yeah. played oregon just could not get going at all so you know i have more faith in chip kelly than, than i did uh you know whoever the doc right. was at, at oregon last year um but still just oregon's defense or excuse me utah's defense has just been so solid and co- so consistent that, that i trust them to get some stops in this game so uh yeah if this gets to 65 definitely like 65 and a half i think i would be on the under i, I, I agree with that I, this
0: is what i was looking at as well if if you're on that i'm i'm officially on that as well so if it'll be one okay. where we both jump on that if that happens because okay. i was just thinking, sitting here thinking i was like utah you know just feels like the type of defense that's gonna make this ucla offense. you see this offense feels like one of those like specialty cars where if like things are going well things are going well and if you throw like one keek in it like yeah it's, it's gonna be a lot of trouble in utah seems like that type of defense uh Jake, yeah. what's your take yeah you know Reading from my notes here,
2: it's not fair. Um, but this is this is my game of the week. I'm putting two units on it. Like I think Utah is is going to come out and make a big statement here. I, I, that their defense is so much better than anything UCLA's seen this this year. And I mean, as good as DTR was, and I'm, I'm not even going to say the running back's name yet. Yeah, last week against Washington, like with that highlight play making Washington guys tackle each other as he walks into the end zone was just incredible. But You're not going to get that. Going against this Utah team, Cam Rising is playing very, very well. He can run the ball. He's not like a super threat with that, but they've got enough with the running backs and that offensive line that they're going to take that offensive unit off the field and keep it. So I, I think the under is a very good play here too. Um, i wanted to get to 65 and play the under there too, but I'll probably be jumping it on jumping on it at 64 and a half if it stays there. But um, right now I'm just on Utah minus four because I, I don't I don't think. UCLA's got to keep this under a touchdown.
0: My my thought here too. The, the last thing I'll say about this is that I've been really impressed with Utah's offense as of late. I think they're getting better by the game. They feel like they just really started slow. Just every week, I've been a little bit more impressed. It's a little more explosive. Those receivers are getting an extra step. The blocks are looking just a, a holes are a little bit open. It more. I think their offense looks better and better and better. But. I'm not sure that means they'll score a lot of points in this game because I think the game plan is going to be grind it out, slow it down, have long, slow drive. So I, I think it's one of those where I am keeping eye on that Utah offense. And I think they're not just a blind underplay depending on who they're playing. And I think you saw last week, they could score a ton of points. Uh, I just think, and I think they could against UCLA. I just think Whittingham is such a good coach. He's not going to be out there saying, let's get to a track meet with UCLA. He knows exactly right. what to do here. And that's going to be, let's grind this out slow frustrate them keep their offense off the field and so uh, as much as i like what the utah offense has done it's like i don't think they're going to be trying to put up a ton of points here i think they're going to be trying to be efficient and not quick and those are obviously two different things
2: yeah i I really think the game plan is going to be grinded out a little bit and slow this one down
0: yeah they're they're looking for nine minute touchdown drives yeah yeah Uh, 3.30 Eastern, Ball State at Central Michigan. I I mean, copy-paste what I said about Akron, Ohio. I'm going to grab the 7.5 with Ball State. It's a C-grade pick. I don't trust Ball State whatsoever, but I'm getting more than a touchdown in that game. And... I just, neither neither one of these teams excites me now. They are both a little bit better caliber than Akron, Ohio, at least. Uh, a sideline is Ball State 112 and Central Michigan 97. The, don't be fooled by Central Michigan's one and four record. They are better than that. Um, I, I expect them to make a little bit of noise here on the Mac, even though their record doesn't look good right now. But I'm just going to take the seven and a half in a situation where Winning, you know, a lot of these Mac games end up being close, and it wouldn't surprise me if Central Michigan wins this by, you know, three, four, six, seven, something like that. Uh, they are the better team, and they are at home. I just, Mac should give me points is really my thought, but it's, a, again, not a very confident play. I, I just don't want to lay uh, more than a touchdown in this setting, so I'll be on Ball State here with a lean. Because, uh, Jared, what is your take?
1: I agree with you because I – I agree that Central Michigan is better than what they have played this year, but the thing is, is they have they they have played that way this year, and those those outcomes have been what they are. And even if I think they're the better team, I, it would be hard to lay more than a touchdown in this yeah. spot. That's kind of how I would rationalize this.
2: Yeah, Jake. Yeah, I'm, I'm jumping on Ball State with you. I'm hoping for once I can be on the right side of one of their games if I <laughs> get it right this year, but. I think they've got something with a Paddock and Jackson, or with Jackson averaging like 11 half yards a catch, with his long being like 30 yards. So he's, it's just every catch being 10, 15 yards. Hard, yeah. And and then what Paddock threw for 400 last week. I think they might have found a little something there. And I think Central Michigan's a better team, but I definitely don't think it's about more than a touchdown
0: if it is that. But, I mean, there's a decent chance Ball State wins this game, I think. But. We'll see. Yeah, it feels like it should be close and fireworks. Last team has the ball, kind of wins, yep. or maybe, or maybe Central Michigan's up, you know, 14 late, and Ball State goes down and scores against and the back door for us. A total of 63 and a half, so a lot of points makes the back door even more likely as well, making the yep. the, the, the seven and a half more appealing. Uh, should be a fun one, though, like I said, with such a high total. Yep. Uh, 4 p.m. Eastern. What uh, probably won't be a fun one. Uh, a higher State of <laughs> Michigan State. I don't even. I don't get, Whatever. I don't care say something about this. because i don't
1: want to talk about it I, I i don't i don't know why sideline is still backing michigan state at, at this point like at some point it's gonna gonna learn its lesson yeah uh, you know P- professor if you if you have it brought up there well what how has the has michigan state's rating changed over over the past four weeks maybe from the past few weeks from the point maybe that we were backing them playing at Washington and continued to back them and continue to back them. And and so have, have we almost bottomed out at this point or, or maybe we still have some room to go? I, I, I will say it hasn't gone down enough. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I don't know where it is. Jake, what do you have for us on this one? Uh, I'm taking Ohio State because
2: the one thing Michigan State is really bad at is guarding the pass mm. and considering that CJ Stroud didn't have to get his big game last week, he needs to up his stats a little bit to get to the Heisman and what a perfect combination for this game to show up. So, well, I think it's going to be brutal. I'm sorry for everybody in East Lansing, but yeah, I, I, I think you overpaid your coach quite a bit. I, yeah, I think that's
1: well, right. let's not, let's not throw stones at people who may have overpaid their coaches here. Okay. That- <laughs> There's no reason, no reason to throw people under the bus that might do that. Uh, but back to Michigan sure, State over Penguin sure. Coach, uh, sure. yeah. So the bottom has not yet been reached. I, I don't feel like I don't think I've seen a drop that much. Uh, almost a nine point drop in what three weeks. The, the, Interesting thing. So yeah, I pulled it up here. The, the
0: interesting thing is they started out at twelve point four, then they were twelve point six, up to a fifteen point one, then down to a thirteen, and then now down to a six point nine. I mean, yeah, uh, no, no, they still have they still have room to go. That the question is, and this is the tough thing, and this is why I said I, I, I'm i taking Michigan State plus twenty seven. It's a C grade pick. Uh, you know, sidelines it should be twenty five. Uh, my question about Michigan State, and this is where I just I honestly don't know the answer is how bad are they and i don't think that they are like basement of the big 10 bad mm-hmm. you know i i still think they're not good necessarily but like it, it, I, I just – because you, you say, like, you, have, you know, have, do they have room to go or has that they reach their bottom or whatever? And I'm like, I kind of like where they are now. And I'm like, that could be the bottom. Like, that's not crazy to think that they're, like, right around just barely – like,
1: barely better than average. Is that crazy? Well, so,
0: what, what, what has gone good for them?
1: the The first two games of the season, where they blew out very, very bad competition. That's the only thing. Well, I mean, like Like,
2: even in those games, like what are you pointing out, saying,
0: "Man, this is this team does X well." I think the fact that we, we always talk about this, right? When you beat a bad team by a lot, that still says something. You can't completely discount it, and that says that you've got some talent on your on your roster.
2: I just, like, I'm just watching them. I'm like, I don't, I can't point my finger to what they do well. Like, even Rutgers, you're like, okay, their defense is okay. I mean, they're terrible. They're a bad team. But, I mean, I I don't know what this team does well. And and this is not the team you want to be trying to find your identity with against. It's, It's just a bad combo. And, man.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think I may have found the bottom here because here are some teams that are ranked immediately below Michigan State. So North Carolina, Oregon State, Syracuse, Miami, Pitt, South Carolina, Washington State. And aren't they they right in that group of like, we have a
0: lot of questions about those teams,
1: right? Well, yeah, well, where I was going with that was even if you put them below all of those teams, that's only like a point and a half drop. And so I think that might be the, the yeah. bottom here is yeah. maybe a point and a half or two points lower than what they they currently are. Cause then you get down to like UAB, coastal Carolina, Marshall, UTSA, Troy, like I, I think they're better they're than all better of those, those teams. teams. Exactly. And, and so, yeah, I think we're, we're getting close to, to the bottom. I agree. And
0: the, the biggest thing is I wish this was 28. If this was 28, especially 28 and a half, I, I mean, I really can see Ohio State winning this game by 20. Obviously, we could all see Ohio State putting up 77 points because we saw them doing this to Toledo Rice. Right? So that's obviously on the table too.
2: Did Michigan yeah. State beat Ohio last year? Or Ohio State last year and kind of
0: mess up with their their chances for the playoffs? I can't. I can't remember. I can't remember. It sounds very possible because Michigan had a fantastic season last year. Yeah. Um, I, like I said, obviously we can see Ohio State running away with this game, but I, I could like realistically, I think the most likely scenario is either 24 or 28, and that's why I think I think 27 is pretty good price because I just think those are the two most likely. Michigan State might accidentally keep it close because they do have some talent. Um, they might get blown out, so obviously the tail cases are there. Um, like I said, I would just I, I would actually like getting 28, 28 and a half with Michigan State. I feel a little bit more confident with that. Uh, conversely, if it was down to 24, I feel like that's a pretty good number to lay with Ohio State. I, I just think twenty-seven is too much, but I'm very nervous about Michigan State. I, I, I just they have not looked good the last several weeks, and that's that's concerning. Yeah,
2: I, I think this game ends on around twenty-eight, so twenty-seven is probably about the highest I'm going. But
0: yeah. Yeah, uh, I guess, but all that to say, if this does get to 28, 20 and a half, I will add more to Michigan State, and I will hate doing it, but I will, I will yeah, do it, yeah, um, yeah. At, at, a, at a principle. Um, also at 4 p.m. Eastern, Washington, Arizona State. Hey, Arizona State covered last week for us, right? So, or for did. me, I don't know who else was brave enough to back them, um, but you know, hey, I, I got a winner with Arizona State, uh, I'm gonna do it again. Plus 13 and a half against Washington, though at at home, it's just a yeah. C grade pick. I just I want 14. I want 14 and a half. I could easily see Washington winning this by 14. Uh, sideline says that this should be Washington minus 12 and a half. So it thinks that 13 is a possible ending spot, 10 11 as well. But obviously 14 is very likely too. So I just think it's I think it's priced pretty well. Um but I'm gonna I'm gonna be on Arizona State. Like I said, really it's 14 or 14 and a half. I think it's it's a good time to take them just tons of questions about both these teams right washington has definitely improved but they've been so up and down it's hard to really say where they are how much improved they are are they like a little improved a decent amount improved or a lot improved it's hard to say arizona state now with the new coaching system you know coaching staff Mm -hmm. there, interim situation like are are they now terrible or just bad i mean there's there's a lot of questions both these teams so it's a lot of points. Give me all the points. I just wish I was getting more points is really at the bottom line for this one. Total is 56 and a half because of Jared, what do you have?
1: This is a total that I've, I've had my eye on. With You know, to either of y'all here, what y'all's thought on the total on this game? I'm going over.
2: I, I mean, Washington it just gives up 20 points to everybody. Like it's can't just handed out like it's candy on Halloween. Yeah. Um, so I, and I think they can get to 30, 40 easy
0: points. I think I would go over. I'm having flashbacks to an Arizona State played Utah and Arizona State like was mostly moving backwards. Right. Uh, Utah's defense a lot better than Washington's though. So, yeah. I just can't get those flashbacks out of my head, but I do think you're right. I think that Arizona State is able to move the ball on a weaker defense and put up some points. So, I would I would lean over as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think uh, Washington's defense may be more similar to USC's than, mm-hmm. than than Utah's. Like this game feels like it's, you know, 38-24 or something like that. And so I, I agree that the over – this is lower than, than – the total is lower than I, I thought it would be. Uh, and, and so 56 kind of, you know – you think because it's a, it's a multiple of seven but it, it would be a more a key number than it is but yeah yeah 55 is a big one 58 is a big one even even 57 and 59 are, are more key than, than 56 so uh, to me like no no big deal right here if you like it over 56 and a half wait maybe it'll go down a little bit and if it goes up to like 57 or even 58 like it's not that much that much different so this is when I have my eye on uh, you know stick with us on, on, on Twitter and maybe it'll become an official play later in the week Jake?
2: Yeah, I mean, I've already said I'm going over it. Yeah. Okay. But I'm, I'm also going to take Washington here. Uh, Arizona State's played one two-score game all year that ended within two scores, and that was the loss to Eastern Michigan. Uh, thing <laughs> has been three scores or more, and I think that continues. Every quarterback has a good day against them. Their pass defense is bad, and there's no reason Penix Jr. doesn't – have a great day. I have a Caleb Williams type day um, against them where you throw for like almost 400 or something crazy. Uh, so it's just, I, I don't see them getting in Washington's way and Washington's defense sure is not getting in Arizona State's way very very often. So I think this goes over and I think Washington
0: covers this one. Arizona State's schedule is interesting. They almost assuredly lose this game. They have a bye week then they go to Stanford having two weeks to prepare for a road game against the okay Stanford team that's a winnable game mm-hmm. and they go to Colorado that's a winnable game yeah. um, you know pick up a couple wins there they got Arizona to close the season like their schedule's interesting they might still accidentally make a ball game which is crazy to think of that that's even on the table I don't think they do yeah. I think they still fall yeah. short of six but getting to six is like surprisingly possible with this team and the way the schedule sets up for them they got, they got three more potentially winnable games and then they just got to find an upset somewhere you know
2: yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a lot of faith in Emory Jones for them
0: to uh, get to the bowl game. Yeah, I didn't say that, I think they could. I just said that that it's even possible that it's not like zero percent with rounding here. Uh, Six p.m. Eastern, Western Kentucky at UTSA. Uh, this is the game, uh, and if you watched episode two, because Jared said there was a, a game that you couldn't set the total high enough, and I was like, oh, I wonder what it was. And and I, I looked at the games today. I took half a second. I just saw this. I was like, Oh, that's the one. Yeah, uh, I'm playing. Western Kentucky, and I'm recommending the over. I agree. I don't think you can set this number high enough. I think probably 76 would be like you probably maybe shouldn't at 76 or 77, but like even then, I don't know. This feels like one of those wonky like 52 to. 48 games or something crazy like that uh i'm gonna take the six and a half with western kentucky it's an a grade pick i think it's closer than that i think it's every time every team has the ball there's points i think this is gonna be super fun and exciting game Uh, i don't necessarily know who wins uh i just hope western kentucky doesn't lose by seven Uh, i'm gonna grab the six and a half with them a grade pick i'm going over the 73 sideline says this should be utsa minus three these teams are pretty close to each other just in talent Western Kentucky got to this total by themselves against Ford International. That's obviously not going to happen here, but I think they can redistribute those points. And I think 77 is a pretty reasonable number of points to be had in this game. Uh, I like both of those picks there over in Western Kentucky. uh, Maybe sprinkle a little bit on the money line with those massive plus odds just in a who the heck knows it's going to be fireworks and a crazy game. And maybe you get the massive plus odds winner there on the Hilltoppers Uh, because Jared, what do you got?
1: All right, man, I, I really like your analysis because these are the type of mental games that I like to play with myself. I said, what would the total have to be for me to play under on this game? And I think I landed at 80. I think mean, hmm. If it were 80, maybe I would consider playing the under. Uh, but yeah, there's no way I'm playing the under 84, 84 and a half. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, definitely. Love oh, gonna, that's, uniform, that's my number. That's my, yeah. that's my buy point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I, I'm waiting on this to get seven. If it gets to seven, I'm going to take the seven with, with Western Kentucky. I, it, it, you know, if you become a, a Patreon member, get access to the discord. This is something that we talked about earlier in the week that when, even when this line was at like, you know, uh, Western Kentucky plus five and a half or, or plus six, I, I think just a little something on the money line here is not a bad idea just because, you know, the points may not matter in a game, this high scoring, whoever mm-hmm. has the ball last has, a a great chance to win this game i think and so you know you're i think you're going to get some crazy good good plus odds here so um even if it doesn't get to seven i may just put a little something on the money western kentucky money line here i think it's just too much value to pass up jake yeah i can't add anything i'm I'm waiting for seven um i'm not gonna play the
2: total i I don't know i don't know why i just can't get myself to do it um just out of principle i don't like playing totals over 70 because it just makes me nervous um but uh yeah, I'm just waiting for Western Kentucky plus seven because I'm sure it's going to get there, and then
1: I'll play it. Cousin Jared, uh, what would be your number to play this over at? Um, I want to say this opened somewhere it opened around about seventy. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I mean, kind of like Jake just said, like totals at it's seventy is just not good. Uh, Sixty-seven or sixty-eight, I'd probably think about it. Um, but man. Yeah. Just anything above seventy, I just don't think I can bring myself to to ever do it. Have to be in the sixties. And we had we talked about this one a little bit. We, we teased it when we talked
0: about the Kansas TCU over yesterday. So we had a comment from a, a viewer wondering what your number would be for Kansas TCU. You talked about you don't think they can make the number high enough, so it would indicate kind of like you're liking the over. Like, what would be your number on the Kansas TCU game? Uh,
1: Kansas and, and TCU. That one probably. I mean, that would have to, I don't think it's a number that's physically going to get to. I don't know what it is right now, but it'd probably have to be like 62 or, or something like that. Really? 60, yeah, 62, 63, 64. I just, I'm a little bit worried after um, what I saw from, from Kansas last week uh, against Iowa State. And I know Iowa State is a well coached defensive team, but the, my thing with Kansas is, is like, I mean, we've talked about this so many times, like I want to keep back in Kansas, but I feel like it's more with my heart than with my brain. And the thing is is that I, I saw for the first time some some cracks in the offense last week mm-hmm. and, and still kind of in my mind, like, is this all going to – not necessarily come crashing down, but like it's Kansas. Like, the, yeah. Eventually they're going to have a, a couple of bad weeks in a row. And so I, I will admit that part of that is like a mental thing with me in Kansas. My, my take on that is
0: Kansas played Iowa State's game. That's because Kansas doesn't have the athletes to play their own game. I think Kansas is going to play TCU's game this weekend, and I think that's going to lead to a lot of points. So that that's my take of why I still – I went over 68. It's at 68.5 now, and like we said, 69, probably a key number there. It's tough because when you get to those numbers, you do need more touchdowns, so the field goal math becomes a little bit less relevant because you just need a lot of touchdowns because if you get a ton of field goals, you're never going to get to enough points. Right. Um so you get you, know, you know counting different, but um, okay, seven o'clock Eastern. Appalachian State, Texas State. Uh, look, I'm going to take the 19 with Texas State at home. It, it's a lot of points. Uh, Sideline says it should be 18. <sighs> Appalachian State, obviously a really good team, but has shown the ability to. Uh, play to the level of their talent and not necessarily take care of business like they should they're a lot better team obviously it's just it's a lot of points i'm taking texas state of principle but i have no faith in texas state whatsoever so it's not a confident play just a lean for me i think it's pretty well priced i guess is what i'm trying to say and so i just look there's a lot of value in it it's not one that i really want to be invested in uh if you give me maybe 21 21 and a half maybe texas state's a little more exciting or if the number's lower you can lay it with app state but we've seen app state play a lot of close games closer than they probably should uh both good and bad and so uh you know that the same sort of thing happens here i can easily see app state kind of sleepwalking their way to a 14 point victory so i'll take texas state just a lean though and like i said what i think is a pretty well-priced game total 56 listen so jared what do you have
1: i am looking long and hard at, at the under in this spot um, no texas state game ha- has gone over this number this season App State, uh, I I think we're a little bit (sighs) – Looking back on their se- season and even their offensive statistics, th- it's a little bit warped by that sixty-three, sixty-one game yeah. against North Carolina. When they uh, just like were like, we're going to snap the ball and score points. Yeah, yeah, it was every single play. Yeah. Uh, and, and then they had two conference games uh, against Troy and against James Madison. Both of those games hit sixty on the on the nose. But James Madison and Troy are just in a completely different league mm-hmm. than, than Texas yeah. State is. Um, this this game reminds me more of the game that Texas State played last week against James Madison, it ended up being forty to. to to 13 so i think you see something similar uh here again this week so uh again 56 not a terribly key number so you know I, I think you viewer listener have noticed at this point that like on some of these dead numbers i'm fine just waiting you know if it gets down to 55 you know i'll play under 55 if it goes up to 57 even better i'll, I'll play it under 57 um so this is one of those just at the 56 number i'm fine with, with waiting but definitely the under has my attention here jake yeah i'm, I'm gonna ride with that but State just
2: here i think Jared mm-hmm. hit a nail on the head. It's going to look a lot like last week, which was a 27-point loss to James Madison. Um, I, I don't want to go any higher than 19 because I, I there's a I don't think Appalachian State has quite the offense James Madison does. So there's a lot more likely we get 20, 24, like right, like right there where you're nervous the whole time. Yeah. Um, the backdoor gets gets real, mm-hmm. <laughs> gets a real big possibility. But uh, so I'm I'm going to be lightly invested in the Appalachian State here
0: all right 7 p.m eastern southern miss at troy uh, troy improved team looking you know a lot of upside here they definitely have my attention sideline has them up to 65th southern miss is ranked 75th i don't know about y'all that surprised me i guess in my head i'm just thinking of southern miss not being anywhere near that good uh, so i don't think southern miss can hang in there in this one uh, troy according to the model should be a 4.2 point favorite. So I'm going to grab the six and a half with Southern miss just a lean. I, I, I want seven. Uh, I want that push protection on seven. It's such a key number around this spot, but it's kind of a similar thing we talked about previously. Total 44. It's a really low number. So I mean, it could easily be a low scoring tight ball game. I just, like I said, I really just want the seven. So six and a half, it's a lean for me grabbing the points of Southern Miss. Like I said, Troy has my attention. They're moving on up in the model, but they haven't cleared Southern Miss by enough for me to warrant laying a reasonably big number uh, against a a decent Southern Miss
1: team. Uh, Because, Jared, what is your take? So I, I I agree that that if this were seven, you could talk me into to Southern Miss. I think they're under under the radar, solid team. They played Miami um, close earlier this season, beat Tulane. So like they they have yeah. some some uh, good games on. That Tulane the- went looking more impressive by the week. Yes, I mean, yes. At, at, at the beginning, at, no one thought anything uh, of it, just whatever. But now it's like, oh, that yeah. was a good win. Yeah, absolutely so so I think that I would probably take the six and a half points here as well. Uh the total though, I is a low number. I would I would caution everybody. I, I don't think I would play the over um here. Yeah. Too low, too too low to play the under, but there's a reason that this total is what it is. Uh Troy, very good defense, southern miss, uh loves keeping the ball on the ground with I don't know what his first name is, but he's Frank Gore's son. And is it Frank Gore Jr.? I, I I don't even know. Uh and he yeah, we're that he's done for the year. Yeah, is he is he done for the year? i, mean, I could be wrong. I could be wrong, but i I mean, it's not like I'm staying on top of Southern Miss football news, except Brett Favre, you know, illegally you know, redirecting funds to his daughter's school, Southern Miss. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Um, I'm not keeping up with, with uh, uh, you know, the running back's health at, at Southern Miss as close. It as is, it is Frank Ward Jr., by the way. Yeah. Okay, there you go, Frank Ward Jr. Uh, and if he's out of the season, that's terrible um, because I, I know that he, he's a pretty good running back. Uh, anyway, so Troy very good defense. Southern Miss likes to grind it out on the ground and, and kind of ugly these games up. That's what they get, did against Tulane. Uh, and so anyway, low total, I would not bet the over, though. I haven't seen anything here. Just a quick Google search. About hey, it. I,
2: could, I could have easily misread something. but I could, If not,
1: you're breaking news here on the show.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let me call Frank real quick. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I've i talked myself out of what I was going to do. I was going to take Troy on this. But I, the more I think about it, the more uncomfortable I'm, at, I'm with it. Because when I'm looking at Southern Miss, they've won their last two games that went over Tulane. looking so good. And I can't get myself around on Troy, so I'm I'm gonna sit
0: I'm gonna sit this one out because I just I'm not comfortable with anything I want to do here. Okay, uh, like I said, I haven't seen anything here on on that, so hopefully he's still uh, healthy and playing. Uh, seven thirty Eastern, South Carolina and Kentucky. I'm gonna lay the eight with Kentucky. It's a B grade pick. I, I really want seven. The numbers coming down. Um, Sideline says that this should be um, Kentucky minus. 10.3. So, you know, we're on the right side of 10, being a, a semi key number here. I think my thought on this is I still, I, I know Kentucky has question marks, but I still just have more faith in Kentucky, um, more faith in their defense, and somehow still more faith in their offense than what South Carolina offers. So it, it's one of those where it's like, I mean, they got the better defense, and I have more faith in their offense, and they're at home. So it's like, Laying single digits seems like the smart move. I just I would just rather lay seven, have that push protection there in case they went by exactly seven. But I still think Kentucky is the right side here. It just feels like one of those games where we might look back on it. it of all the games this week, it feels like the 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 biggest one that we might look back on and say, how was Kentucky not favored by more when they're clearly the better team at home? This number just seems short. Uh, it's just I'm giving myself the room here to add more on it if it gets to seven. I just I just can't give it an A grade at eight. I just, like I said, I'm just hung up on wishing it was seven. So maybe that's a little bit foolish of me, but I'm still gonna be invested in Kentucky. I still think it's a good side to be on at eight. It's a B grade pick. Total 48 and half because in general,
1: what do you have? Everybody knows that I have lots of Kentucky thoughts. Always have lots of Kentucky thoughts, and, and so this one might, might even be difficult for me to articulate all of the thoughts that I have on this game. Um, obviously, you want to look at the under in this situation, right? Because you know the type of the game that Kentucky wants to play, and you know that that Rattler is going to have some turnovers, and, and you know it's probably going to prohibit the South Carolina offense from getting going. But the thing is, is that. I am so confident that Rattler's going to have turnovers and some of them maybe on his end of the field. Kentucky may get a couple of short fields here. And that's, you know, the game still, the game between Kentucky and Florida still went under like, you know, 52 or whatever it was. There's a big difference between 48 and a half and 52 in a game like this. And so, you know, I feel like Rattler. We know he's going to make those turnovers, but the problem is, is that Kentucky may make him pay when he he has those turnovers, and so that kind of is what scares me off of, of the over in this situation. Just because I do think the Kentucky can get some good field position, I do trust their offense enough to get some points out out of those. Mm-hmm. So that kind of what scares me off uh, of the total here. But on the flip side, though, like Kentucky, when this line was at ten, it it was uh, Kentucky by ten earlier this week. Ten and a half at the one point. Yeah, and and so that was just like that. That's too many points based on the type of game that Kentucky wants to play. Now getting down to to laying eight points. Now we're now we're kind of getting somewhere this so i'm like you if this gets down to to seven i'm for sure going to be on kentucky i just think that they are a much better team and you know that rattler's going to make those turnovers and kentucky will make them pay for that at some point in this game so if this is to seven I, i'm going to be uh, on kentucky even if it sticks around eight th- this may be something th- that i put a unit on um but you know at, at this point no reason to, to yeah, a rush, no reason. A rush. Let's Just see what it does jake
2: yeah I, I i'm so confused by this like it's like South Carolina's getting credit for beating up on some terrible teams. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Rattler's got the worst quarterback rating, QBR, whatever you want to call it, in the SEC, and I don't see how that changes against a pretty decent Kentucky defense. Yeah. And, I mean, Kentucky just got Chris Reynolds back. They're coming off a heartbreaking loss to Ole Miss. Uh, so I, I think they're going to take some anger out. I, I don't think South Carolina is going to get – Anywhere near the way, I think this looks this could look a lot like that Georgia game. Uh, yeah, and I mean, Kentucky's not, defense is not as good as Georgia, but I don't yeah. think it matters because Spencer Rattler's gonna handle the ball at yeah. whatever he feels like it. Yeah. Uh, but I've, I've got one unit on Kentucky, but if this gets a seven, I'll be adding to it.
0: Yeah, I, you know, if this was a noon kick it could be a little bit of hangover from last week's sleepy crowd right you could talk me into south carolina pulls the upset or hangs in there early but the night crowd it feels more like a they're gonna be fired up and like to take out the frustrations of last week when they had a real chance at pulling that one off uh and just you know just literally gave it away at the end of the game uh so yeah i'm 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 like y'all i I feel like seven's a much better number it's where we're all adding to it but even eight i Still feel like I said because you're no rush, but I still feel like eight yeah. just still seems low. I, I, Kentucky's just oh, a much I better don't, team. I don't understand why this went down.
2: Like, it, it, yeah, was,
0: me either. Maybe someone will point out in the comments that someone's injured. But it, it, if if it's like one injury, you know, again, most of the time one injury is half a point. I mean, it's not much unless it's a really key guy uh, or it's multiple guys. You know, if it's you know we talk about if it's half the line of offensive line is the flu, that's a problem. Right? But otherwise. Most of the time, the injuries and the sicknesses or whatever just don't really mean much uh, with regards to how we project a game unless it's certain key guys or a lot of guys. Otherwise, it's usually really small in reality. 730 uh, Eastern, Army at
1: Wake Forest. Um, Let's have a moment of silence for this game from last year. I mean, that was just oh, unbelievable. Yeah that yeah. was unbelievable
0: yeah total of 67 so we're expecting some fireworks again in this one um I'm gonna lay the 16 and a half with Wake Forest uh, uh it's a C grade pick uh, just a lean sidelines should be 17.9 I we're on the right side of 17. you know I don't know I it's a lot of points uh, under yeah. 14 I, I'm I, at 14 or under I'm more excited about Wake Forest on the other side of 14 it's just a lot of points. I'd rather be on Lake Forest. Uh, that's the direction I go with it. But it's not a, an exciting play here. We talk about Army and the the style of play, how that can frustrate teams. And last year, I, I guess it didn't because they scored so fast. Um, yeah. you, you just never know how that's going to play out. So it's it, a lot of variability this game. So just not one, I think. I don't really think this is an investable game, personally. I think it's maybe more fun to keep an eye on and see if Army can keep it close, see if there's any... I don't want to say shenanigans in a weird way, just shenanigans in a, like, the triple option is shenanigans, right? (laughs) The fun that that can create. I think it's one to keep an eye on, but, like, I just don't really think there's a good spot to invest. With regards to the side, uh, because, Jared, maybe you can give us an angle, uh, a lean on the total here at 67.
1: Nope. Yeah. What I was going to tell you was that games like this, you don't need to be invested in to enjoy because there's going to be a lot of points. I think it's going to be exciting. You're going to see two offenses that for the most part could not be more different from each other. Yeah. And, and so that always makes for, you know, styles, styles, make fights kind of thing. Uh, obviously, I mean, looking at the total here, right. You want to say play under, I mean, it's 67 points. There's no way they can play this game exactly the way they did last year army. When their offense is humming, they, they chew some clock. Um, but the best analog for, for this game that army has played so, far this season is the game against ut san antonio and granted that one went to, to overtime but that total ended at 79 and so like i i just i just don't see how you can in, in good conscience um play the under here and the thing was is that it's just that- there, were, there were a lot of stops in that utsa game
0: by the way it's more than i would have thought like if there were fewer stops which is what you see here it could easily be 79 in regulation
1: yes yes I- I- exactly and the thing is is just wake forest defense last year just could not get any any stops at all. Army could not chew up clocks. that's one of the things you generally yeah. count on in uh, you know like service academy totals is they're just using up a lot of clock. And Army was not using up any clock yeah, on their drives. Way too fast. And and, 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 I and, that, and that kept and that kept Wake's offense in rhythm because then they were right back on the field. Yes, and, and I, I and it can't kept say, all these defense tired and they're used to their defense is used to getting rest and they weren't getting yeah. any rest last year. Yep, yeah, and I and I can't say that that anything I've seen from uh, Wake Forest this year makes me think that their defense is gonna be a, a lot better than, than it was last year. So um high total, don't don't play the under though. I, I don't think you should do it. Jake. Yeah, uh, from what
2: Joel said, this is exactly why I'm staying away from it. I think Wake's easily 17 to 20 points better than this team, but the way Army plays, th- they might not have the opportunity to win it by three scores. Might, so I, I get nervous. That's why I'm not playing that. And then last year's game. or 26 points. I I don't know if Wake's improved that much. So it's – it's just uh, it's a game that I want to I want to keep an eye on just because Hartman is fun and then the triple option is always fun to see what that what teams do with that especially coming off that Florida State game But it's just very different so it could be fun to keep an eye on but other than that I'm staying away
0: because Jared I'm 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 eyeing the over I'm eyeing the over as long mm. as it stays under seventy we talk about mm. field goals not really mattering when you get to these types of numbers you really can just count by sevens because you're going to get a lot mm. of touchdowns you saw last yep. year not a single field is all touchdowns yep. The question I have for you, because I think we know what Army wants to do, which is grind out the clock and those possessions, and they didn't, weren't able to do it last year. Like you said, I don't really think Wake Forest defense is any better this year. The question is, is Army's offense, has it taken a step back from last year? Because if Wake Forest defense is even the tiniest bit improved and Army's offense the tiniest bit worse, it may lead to more eight-yard runs rather than, 28 yard runs yeah, and that would change the style of this game. Is that possible? Or do we still think army's offense is good enough to just slice right through wake forest like last year?
1: I I think that that is possible and not even so much from the, you know, you you mentioned the the yards per run or whatever, but for me, that's chewing up the clock. And and so in, in my mind, it is possible that army says, we need to try to chew up more clock and, and keep the they of Are and they gonna are they going to like kneel after a ten yard run? Be like, we got ten, we're good. Let's try it again. If, <laughs> if, if there's any team that is smart enough to try something army, crazy you know? like that, it is it is army. Um, so so yes, I I I think that your your thought process there is sound. I, I don't do any official live
0: plays. That's not helpful for you, viewer, because you'd have to be following at the right time or whatever. I, I do think this is a live betting opportunity, and I don't say that very often. I it very, very rarely. I think I've said it all season on this show. I think this is a live betting opportunity. Seeing how the first quarter plays out will tell you a lot. If Army's offense is able to just be slowed down a little bit, it's going to change this game completely. I think if you about the total, I think you'll know after the first quarter yeah, uh, with how this different. is going to go. Like I said, I'm eyeing that total over – keep an eye on Twitter and the Google sheet I I just I want to look into it a little bit more and just see about Army's print of last year because if it's anything like last year's I I think it'll just be the same sort of thing it'll just be a track meet Uh, as long as under 70 it feels like we could easily get to 35 35. do you think Wake Forest got confused last year with the same colors being on and just (laughs) did not tackle like do you think that was it uh if Wake Forest stopped anybody else ever Then i would say maybe but unfortunately <laughs> i don't
2: know i was just trying to with like maybe they were like oh that's no way he's got the ball our
0: right. guy <laughs> oh, yeah. 7 30 eastern washington state at, at usc i think this line's priced perfectly at 13. it mm-hmm. is even money on usc at minus 13 so i'll lock in minus 13 and even money there just a lean like i said i just this line's priced really well usc's the better team and they're at home um if you give me more than 14 i would be taking washington state if this was down at 10 i'd like usc but here, I think it's priced pretty well. Sideline says uh, this should be USC minus 12.4. So again, I just think it's right on the money. Uh, total 65 and a half. Respecting a lot of points here. Uh, Cousin Jared, what do you have for us?
1: I think if I had to pick a side, I would be, I would take the 13 points with Washington State. I think just because they've, you know, obviously that they had to win at Wisconsin. They hung in there with Oregon. Uh, you know, they've just been in every game. Even the games they've won, they've been fairly close games. 13 points seems like a lot of uh, points based on the type of games Washington State has played. And for some reason, I, I you know, I know this is just like, um, you know, you know stereotyping or whatever on the pacific northwest but it's like it feels like the oregon state game or it could be very uh, similar type setup you're you're, uh you know where you've got a a team that you know, is just like spunky enough to to maybe hang in there and, and do something with with in like USC. the exact opposite way, though. <laughs> yeah, in the exact opposite way. So I think I would take the thirteen the the thirteen points just kind of based on what I've seen with Washington State this year. That that seems like a lot of points for just the type of games that they've played in. Uh, but you know, and USC. I mean, yeah, if USC's on, they're going to win by yeah. more than that. But you know, they've they've had uh, uh, as as we've said a hitch in their giddy up at, at times this season. Yeah. So it just kind of depends on what you, you
0: catch them on. My, my rebuttal to that on Washington State for the I don't know how many times the season would be if Oregon knew how to score once they got to the ten yard line. Yeah, that is Oregon true. Oregon wins that's that game true. by like forty. So that's true. That's my only rebuttal to that one. Uh, Jake, yep. what you have.
2: yeah, yeah, uh, I'm not gonna play a side right now. I'm gonna take the over because I think
0: Washington
2: hmm. State of Washington and overs is a great way to go right now. <laughs> Because the way both teams just love to score points and do not like getting in the other team's way because they want the ball back faster, and they figured out that, that is know, one way to goal. like we can get the ball back and we get to have more fun. Um, <laughs> Lord, I mean, uh, who who Bone uh, Bo Nicks just shredded him for 420 yeah. yards. Yeah. What's yeah. Caleb Williams going to do with Jordan Addison running around out there? Yeah. I mean, and it's not like USC's defense is really, I mean, if. Once they don't intercept the
0: ball, teams are running all like, – like They give up like 20 some points to Arizona State.
2: Yeah. I mean, McK- McKee had 220 yards, and we know Tanner McKee from Stanford. He's he's just an excellent quarterback. And, <laughs> I mean, Hayner had 117-and-a-half, and, like, and then the backup came in that, who just lost the UConn and threw for a, over 100, too. Like, mm-hmm. Emory Jones threw for 243 on USC. They're, I just don't see anybody getting in anybody's way here, and there's just be points just raining down all over this
0: field. So, I, think I like. I, like it. I think it's probably strong, the strongest way to play this one is just root for points. It's obviously the most fun way to do it. Uh, Nine forty five Eastern Fresno State of Boise State. We talked about this in episode too because Jared. Look, I do want to talk about this game, and and this is a very this is the this is look this is the most important segment of the entire week right here. You know it's why? Been-
1: it's the most it's, important segment. You know it's why? the most depressing segment of the week. It <laughs> is. But here's why it's the most important
0: segment. Viewer, do not touch this game.
1: <laughs> okay, there you go. Yeah. yeah. And,
0: here's, and here's why. Here's why. I told you last week, and I know I know there were many of you. I'm looking right into your shoulder. There were a lot of you out there who, when I had a A grade play on Boise State last week, y'all were like, this bozo. Mm hmm taking Boise State laying points as an a grade uh, play after they lost to UTEP. And I told you, I said, look, you just got to zigzag with Boise. If you think they're good, they're going to let you down. If you think they're bad, they're going to play well. And guess yeah. what? Everyone's like, Fresno State lost to UConn? Oh, my yeah, gosh. I recall you,
1: you, back, you backed UConn. If I recall correctly, you backed UConn last week. Against, Fres- against Fresno? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yes absolutely. Absolutely. And so my point being,
0: it's not it, – it, Boise state will always let you down from what you think they're going to do. So last week I was like, everyone says they're terrible. Let's back them this week. Everyone says they're going to cover. I'm running away from that. But here's the thing. Fresno state's quarterback situation is uh, questionable at best. Mm-hmm. If, if, if this was a team that I felt like could do something offensively, I would say, give me the seven and a half. I love it. But we saw it now the, the backup play in a game and a half and he, like lost to UConn. I mean, <laughs> and, and there were some circumstances around that. We talked about that, you know, traveling across the country, right? You know, first star, uh, but I mean, that's still UConn, right? And right. so I'm very concerned about what he's going to be able to do. To me though, you just never know what you're going to get with Boise State. And I've said this for, we've said this, we joked about it with Jack on here last year, if you were a viewer of the show last, last season it's been a decade of this from Boise state. Now there was a time when they were really good and you could count on them, but for the last decade or so, they've had some really good times and they've had some really questionable ones. And if you, if you doubt that, just look at this season, they have just been all over the map. You never know what you're going to get from them. So, like I said, my best best advice on this one is just don't play this game. My lean is to take the seven and a half, just because I don't know what the heck's going to happen. Like anything could happen and it wouldn't surprise me in this game. I have no faith in either one of these teams. that's why I said, I think this is the most important segment, because if you're sitting there saying, Fresno State lost to UConn, let's back Boise. I just have a lot of evidence that says when you think Boise is going to do something that seems too easy, they go out and lose to UTEP. That was just two weeks ago, people. So I could tell you just do not back Boise, but also I have no faith in Fresno State. So I, my lean is Fresno State because I'm making a pick on every single game, but it is one that I want zero part of whatsoever. Although I have my eye on the total here at 45 and a half. I feel
1: like that seems really high because I have no faith in anybody to score some points. So Cousin Jared... Should I take the under 45 and a half? I I would, I would endorse the under 45 and a half. Mm -hmm. I, I, yeah, I I would not play over for sure, especially with what we've seen from Fresno state's quarterback situation. Hell. I mean, from what we've seen from Boise state's quarterback situation uh, this year, Uh, I have nothing to say about the X's and O's on this game. Um, you know, when we talked about the Mountain West in our season preview show, I said, are we sure that Boise State is really that good? And then I proceeded to list off like all of the other teams could potentially um, win win the Mountain West there. And the thing is, is like I said that, but Boise State's low points have been so much lower even than I thought they would be this season. And, I mean, they can still turn this around and, like, you know, go to the conference championship game and Absolutely. everything. But, man, just so far this season, the low points have been so low. And, of course, with Hainer getting hurt. And, you know, I had I had a lot higher expectations for Fresno State. Obviously, a player of his caliber getting hurt changes that. But this is just depressing because, you know, before the season, this you would have thought, man, this is going to be an exciting game. Uh, Got to be tuned in. And now it's just kind of like this is blah. And this like, would have been your even... stay up and
0: watch this. This is going to be a fun game. And now, yeah. again, another one of those games was Saturday Night Late start if you're watching this game and you're drinking you will fall asleep on the couch it will put you to sleep i feel like
1: yeah so man it's just tough for the season looking forward to this now she's kind of like man this is not going to be that much fun jake what do you got yeah i've got nothing this this is a useless game now
2: with
0: brockmeyer gone a hainer hurt yeah i don't care these teams can just fall off a map <laughs> i like i said i'm i'm lying this under i i feel like 45 and a half too high for this garbage Mm-hmm. I feel like thirteen to ten or something lame like that in the fourth quarter feels like where we're at for this one.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: wrapping us up, the last game of the week before we loop back to other games. We've already talked about make some more plays here at the end of the show. Oregon State at Stanford. I'm going to take the seven with Stanford. Uh, I- I'm not convinced that Stanford is any good. I'm also not convinced that Oregon State should be favored by a touchdown on the road against a team that's not terrible. Uh, i I'd, I'd say they could win by seven at you know arizona or Arizona state absolutely but stanford is like stanford is just good enough to make me say should Oregon State be favored by seven but they're not so good that i'm like they shouldn't be favored by seven they're right in that questionable zone that's why it's only a secret pick for me i guess priced pretty well sideline says it should be oregon state minus five and a half so sideline actually likes stanford more than i do i'm just not sold on the stanford team but like i said it's really just the question is how good is Stanford and where are they are they you know bad or are they mediocre right where are they I'm gonna take the seven with Stanford at home um only a lean though I'd like getting seven and a half a lot more but if this was at five and a half I'd have no problem laying five and a half with Oregon State so it's one of those where I just I think six or seven seems like a fairly likely landing spot uh, for this game. So because of that, give me the seven, but it's not my most confident play. Total's 57 because Jared what do be out for us.
1: Kind of related to what you just said there. When I'm looking at the total of this game, my first thought was I, I want to go over the 57 because what we've seen from, from Stanford so far this year, that every conference game they've played ha- has gone well over that number. Except State. Yeah. It, but when I really think about that, even like, not even talking about, we're going to say for a second, but when I think about Stanford, how many points has Stanford scored this season when the game is like completely out of reach, you know, whether it's the game against USC or Washington or Oregon, I, I feel like Stanford has been a pretty done a pretty good job of scoring garbage time touchdowns this season. And you, you mentioned Oregon state, you know, and the reason maybe you like taking the seven points here is Oregon state going to get far enough ahead to where there's going to be a lot of garbage time in this right. game, because if there's not a lot of garbage time in this game, I don't know how much I trust Stanford's offense to, to put yeah. up enough points to get over 57. So uh, just be, be wary people. You're going to look at Stanford's games and you're going to see a lot of them have gone over. You're going to see this number. You're going to be enticed. I would say, I think it really depends on what you think of Oregon state. If they're going to get out way ahead and there's a lot of garbage time. Sure. This goes over. Um, but if, if this one is, you know, a 10 point game, 14 point game for most of the game, then I think it's going to be tough to go over
0: 57. I actually would lead under on this one, and it's one I'm going to look into as well as potential play. 57 seems like a lot for Oregon State because we saw how high-scoring USC games were, and then we saw USC play Oregon State. The game was 17-14 or something like that. Oregon State just grinds you out. They play pretty solid defense, but their offense is pretty miserable. They got into a quasi-high-scoring game against Fresno State, and that barely got over this number. And Fresno State's offense, that was with Hainer healthy, is worlds better than Stanford. So it just feels yeah. like this is that was playing at Fresno State's pace. Now, if we're playing at Oregon State's pace, they're so the better team, they should control the pace. They yeah. want to play this as a low-scoring, boring game. I feel like this number is inflated because of all the high numbers for Stanford and it's like if you really yeah. look into it, I feel like you're getting some value here just taking this under uh that'd be my my take and my my lean and my like maybe that's a play I'm yeah. looking at adding
1: later on. Yeah and I I feel I, like- I want 58. Yeah yeah this this could this could I could see this being similar to Boise State Oregon game that ended at 51. So I, I think that you're probably on, onto something there. Boise State Oregon City, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh Jake,
2: what do you got? Yeah has anybody told Jonathan Smith to not dress his receivers up in the opposing team colors yet? I don't think so. No. Cool. I mean, what, Nolan throws eight interceptions on the year, and he pulls him halfway through the last game, and the guy comes in and throws two immediately. I don't. Uh, something's happening in practice, and not. It's not going well. Here. It's not good. Uh, and that's why I'm on Stanford. I just don't trust Oregon State to yeah. be able to score enough to beat them by more than a touchdown. So getting a touchdown, I'm all for it. I mean, Stanford. Yeah, they've gotten drilled and it's all and scored a lot of garbage time, but they've also played what three of the top four in the Pac 12? It's, yeah. it's not like they've had an easy road so far with uh Washington, Oregon, <laughs> and USC, uh, which are all fairly good offensive teams, also. Yeah. Uh, but I, so I like the under, I'm not going to play the under here. It opened at 59, has come down to 57, so I think people are seeing that too, but uh. I'm kind of watching the
0: under, but I'm, I'm definitely playing Stanford, not with the points. Yeah, it, it feels like it, it, a total should be lower, and the narrative being low-scoring, grinded-out game, going to be like 13 to 10 late, and then we're just hoping for not a late front-door cover at the end on a, on a useless score when they can just run the clock out, you know, Oregon State wins by a field goal or something like that. But like you said, they're the better team, but yeah, I'm with you. I just don't trust them to win by a lot. Um, I'd like a hook, though. I feel like they could easily win by seven. A hook would yeah. be a lot more, a lot more exciting. <laughs> um, all right, we're going to move into the kill-the-clock offense. I'm going to turn it over to Jake, uh, and you're going to try to kill kill a fourth quarter for us, and then, and then we'll do the uh, three meals and go home segment where Cousin Jared and I look back and add on to some things we like from earlier in the week. Jake, what do you have for us?
2: All right, I've, I've got my eyes all over this Duke game. I can't pull a trigger yet because I don't know what to make of Georgia Tech after last week. I'm so lost off that game. I am staying away from it. But if it gets under three, I'll play it again, just like I did with Virginia. I'll just keep, just something to keep my eye out on. Um, I'm going to take Michigan over Indiana because, God, why Why is it, uh, ugh, Indiana, why are you playing football anymore? <coughs> Practice basketball more. Um, so I'll we'll take the, Michigan. I think it's at 22 and a half now, but I don't see that getting any, any better. Um, I'm going to take Florida State. I've talked myself into it, and I'm probably going to regret it. But I'm going to take Florida State plus the three points. Uh, I think NC State is beat up after that Clemson game. And I I, I, I kind of like Jordan Travis and the trio of receivers he's got. I, I think they can do enough to keep this close and keep it within a field goal. Uh, and the over I've kind of got my eye on too because I'm not so sure that this game doesn't go over. I think there ends up being a lot of points here, but just something to keep your eye on. Um, I'm going to jump on Missouri. I think we get bad Anthony Richardson. It's not a game that's on TV, nobody cares about. So, like the two games he's had that people have cared about with the Tennessee and the Utah game, he's played great, but other than that, he's been so. I'm going to take Utah plus 10 and a half. Oh,
0: really, not on TV?
2: Well, no, it's probably on TV, but nobody cares about Missouri. Oh, no, fair. <laughs> uh, um, I'm gonna jump on Air Force. I'm gonna take Oregon over Arizona. Those are those two teams are. What It's minus 10 for Air Force and minus 13 for Oregon. Those are <laughs> teams are playing bad teams and should take full advantage of it. Um I'm actually – I want to play the under in the Ole Miss-Vanderbilt game. I think gone are the days of Lane Kiffin throwing up 80, 90 points in a game, and his defense is a little underrated, and Vanderbilt's bad. So I think I like the under 62 there. Um I'm not going to make a play on the side. I, I just – I don't – after was it Tulane or Tulsa? that
0: Ole Miss was too blew him out and then just forgot to score. In the second Tulsa, half. no, it was Tulsa. Tulsa, yeah, decided yeah, not to score in the second half. But... That's down to 17. I think it's the only line this entire week that has moved away from sideline. It is going the opposite direction, it gets better and better. Like I said, down to 17.
1: Hmm, should I add something on that? that 17 low. feels
0: way too low to me. Vanderbilt. Yeah. 10
1: Terrible. I, it,
0: yeah. it, 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 we, yeah. we really thought Vanderbilt might be coming up after that Hawaii game. And then at some point, we all forgot to recalibrate and be like, oh, yeah, Hawaii's yeah. terrible. Like yeah. Vanderbilt is, is improved, but they are still not anywhere near the caliber of the rest of the SEC. Yeah. No. No. And I just, it's, I'm very confused yeah. uh, while that's going
2: down. Yeah. Um, I'm going to jump on Tennessee minus three here. I think the week to prepare is leaps and bound gets away from that Florida game, it just makes them, and that offense puts a different kind of pressure on the LSU defense they haven't seen yet. Um, and Tennessee's rushing defense, which is very key for LSU, uh, is a lot better than people are giving them credit for. They're letting in, at the rate that Tennessee plays, they are still letting in less than 100 yards on the ground a game. And I don't I think Jaden Daniels through the air is anything to worry about. I think he has to run to open up the pass, and Tennessee's not going to let that happen. Uh, I know we're not getting Cedric Tillman back, but we're getting—I forget the name of the DB we're getting back who was supposed to be a, a, like a big-time guy for us this year. He's going to get to play in his first game after being hurt. So that only improves this defense. Hendon Hooker is not getting near the respect he should. I, I don't get it. He's got the best quarterback rating in the SEC. He's had two interceptions since
0: taking over the starting job in week three. Um, I think Tennessee's is going to get this one by a touchdown. My my question to you, and, and I, I kind of like the under in this game, is – Yeah, I like the
1: under also. I'm, I'm not – I I'm Okay, well, let's do it now. I'm adding a play. I'm playing under 65. There and, you and, go. I, I think it's too two many, many points Yeah. Um, my, my question,
0: Jake, and doesn't LSU's defense bring an element that Tennessee's offense hasn't faced as well? Yeah, I just don't think they're deep, uh, deep enough mm-hmm. um, to, to hold, like at the pace because like to, to contain them all game. You think they'll contain them, yeah. slow them down, get the under, but it not the, like they, they won't be able to contain them the entire sixty minutes. Yeah,
2: yeah, and like what I'm saying, I don't think Tennessee's going to blow them out. Like I've heard people say like fourteen twenty. No, I, I think it's like seven to ten. So when I'm getting minus three at plus odds, I, I like that a lot. Um, so I, I don't think it's a blowout. It's going to be a tough game, but it also being at noon and keeps that crowd not being so crazy too. Right. That also yeah. helps. Um, I went, I'm on Bama because this is on. This is the Re- Saban revenge tour too. Yeah. I don't care who's playing quarterback for this because I don't think any of can score on that. And I think Saban's mad about Jimbo and then losing last year too. Uh, I don't think that one goes bad. And then the surprise of the week, UConn being favored. <laughs> like I know FIU is bad, like if I would have thought about it, but just opening up and looking through and you're like, holy crap, UConn is favored on the road. Yeah. I'm still taking that because FIU is terrible. Yeah. I, that is all my plays.
0: All righty. So then
1: that takes us to three nails and go home because Jared. Um, yeah, so just yeah, just talked about it. Tennessee and LSU. Uh, I'm going to play under the 65. That just feels like a lot of points for uh, uh, you know a game in Baton Rouge. I know Tennessee's offense is, is mm-hmm. great, but I they, run, they I, play fast. Yeah, it, it, but I just have I still haven't enough questions about LSU's offense where I don't feel like they'll just be i feel like to go over 65 in this type of game that lsu's offense is going to have to contribute some to and i just have enough questions about them that that i think that they can you know play just poorly enough uh, and to get under that 65 number then the other uh, game my only, I my really only think- fear on that is tight game and overtime that's my only fear there oh, yeah. is that
0: if it yeah, goes overtime i feel like that's the way it goes over because otherwise i'm like yeah, i just don't see how it gets there unless we get to overtime
2: like yeah. even that, when they played in Mississippi State, the one time the LSU's offense looks good was they took advantage of sort of missed kicks and some turnovers Mississippi State had on,
1: in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Other than that, it was, what, like a 10 to 13 game? Yeah. 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 It, it was pretty low scoring. And then uh, Louisiana Monroe and, and Coastal Carolina, uh, you know, I decided I'm going to put a unit on the over 57 and a half there. So every Coastal game ha- has gotten to at least 58 this season. And Louisiana Monroe – you know, they haven't been super impressive with, with their point totals this season, but they played Alabama and Texas. They played an FCS team and then they played Louisiana, in Louisiana which that game was just a Yeah, so I think that it the was like they anal- literally played it in a, in a bayou. Yeah, 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 that is what it seemed like. And, and so the best analog for this game is actually the game that Louisiana Monroe played last week against Arkansas State where we got easily got the over. That game got into the to the 70s. Uh, not exactly the same um, stylistic play of offense, but, but similar and at the pace they want to go, but between Coastal Carolina and Arkansas State. So I think this game can get over 57 and a half as well. If, if you listen to the Bet the Board podcast, uh, they are on Louisiana Monroe in this spot, taking the points with them, talking about how Louisiana Monroe can sell out and stop the run. And, and you know, you could also interpret that as maybe you would want to look under in this spot. But I just have enough faith in Grayson McCall, the quarterback for Coastal Carolina, that even if they sell out to stop the run, I think McCall can make them pay. Uh, he's, he's a good quarterback. So uh, over 57 and a half in the Louisiana Monroe-Coastal Carolina game.
0: That's exactly what I was thinking. Sure, sell stop the run. And I have seen Coastal Carolina then put up many a yeah. 60-yard touchdown pass. I mean, I can just yeah. – I, I, I don't see how – I think I said this earlier when I took Coastal Carolina. I don't see how it's drastically different than the Georgia State game. And there were a lot yeah. of big passing plays there. And I think it's exactly the same thing that happens here. And, of course, that also yeah. leads you to more likely having it over because it's going to be some quick scoring. Yep. That's all I got. Uh, I have one more. We talked about Tulsa and Navy on the first episode. That was 6.5, and and I said I loved Tulsa in this spot. Navy is very bad, and I've been impressed with Tulsa. That is down to 5.5 for some reason. So Mm. this is exactly why I only put the two units on. I said I'm waiting for it to get back down to that 6 or 5.5 number. It is now down to 5.5, so I'm adding my third unit to it. Tulsa minus 5.5 is a fantastic play, in my opinion. Uh, One of my favorites of the week. Uh, They're good, and Navy isn't. Um, well, I think there's much more to it than that. And as because Jared likes to say, with these service academies, you have to be leery about laying a ton of points uh, in those situations because you never know how the game's going to go. It may be hard to win by a lot, but five and a half isn't a lot. It's only one score. Yep. Tulsa can get that done. Yep. Do think that's a handshake deal between all three of them? Like, hey, we're going to play the same style. We
2: may be better, better or worse every year, but we're all three going to play the same
0: funky style. No, I think I think it has to do with uh, the, the not being able to get star athletes. To those places, and so trying to maximize what you can do with. I like my idea. It it, it is. It's more. It's more fun. As as I'm often saying, sometimes we don't need reality to run a good narrative, right? (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right, gentlemen. Any parting words here before we get into? We already got a. Already got a winner. We already got a winner here. uh, Yeah. On week six with UCF covering and the under, so we all got all winners here. Um, Yeah. Any other? Any other parting words before we get to the rest of week six uh, action?
1: I'm, I'm excited for this weekend. I think it's going to be good. Uh, maybe the most excited I've been since the first or second week of the season.
2: Same boat. This is
0: a very exciting weekend. And the Braves aren't playing, so I don't have to be nervous about anything. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do agree. Uh, we talked about it all weekend. I, I, there's so many things we like, and it's, I think it's going to be kind of a – hopefully a weekend that writes the ship. If we, this sets up to be a weekend where I think we're going to get a lot of plays, right. And if we can get some of that good luck to balance mm-hmm. out some of the bad luck, like we talked talk about just, if we can also get a couple of those plays that like you win and you have no business winning, it feels like it could be a really big week. Uh, yep. We're going to get some of those. Eventually they may be spread out. You just never know when they're going to come, but they're coming. We're going to get some stupid wins. Uh, yep. But if we could pair them up with a good week, it's going to be monumental. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm hoping for that. I'm excited as well. So many, so many fun plays So many good plays here. All right, well, that's all we've got then. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Picks with the Professor. Check out the website. If you haven't yet, it's www.pickswiththeprofessor.com. we also got that Google Sheet in the show description with all the spreads and all the picks. So don't forget to subscribe so you can ensure all the sports betting content we've brought on this channel is dropped right into your feed. We'll have baseball playoff action coming soon, so that'll be a lot of fun and always tons of college football content. So we'll see you again later on. As always, best of luck. And remember, you can eat your betting money. But please. Don't bet you're eating money.